God is good. All the time. Yeah, it's here all the time. There it is. I knew you was in here. I thought, hey, what's happening now? Matthew chapter 4, if you've got your Bibles, we'll turn tonight and just um, one of these, I've got a title that's a question, a question that we could ask ourselves and uh, something that leads us in our decisions and this life of living for the Lord. But in Matthew chapter 4, verses 17 through 20, where um, Jesus began to preach, it says and at that time he, he would say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. There's some things going on in the land right now and he was telling people you need to be aware of it. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter, Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. They were casting a net because they were fishermen. The nets were important to them. If you see somebody standing by the water with a net, he's not selling pie, he's, he's fishing. And so he looks at these fishermen and says, follow me. I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. And tonight, uh, I want to ask us this question. What is your net worth? What is your net worth? Let's pray one more time. Lord, we thank you for your presence in this house. We thank you, Lord, for all that you do for us. And Lord, thank you for calling us coming by our way and calling us out of darkness into your marvelous light. Let us hear what you would say to us tonight, God, and we're going to praise you for it, and we ask it in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. Give the Lord another hand clap for his word tonight. Thankful for the word of God. Thankful for the word of God. You can be seated. God bless you. Now, normally, if I were to ask you, hey, what's your net worth? You'd be like, well, that's none of your business, or I need to check my, with my accountant because I don't know. I could tell you easily, zero. <laughs> Wouldn't be much, but usually your net worth is used to describe you know, how much a company or an individual is worth after or minus all of their liabilities. It, will, it is often used in stating how rich someone is. Their net worth is this. But today, or tonight either, I'm going to want us to kind of examine ourselves and find out what is our net worth. Uh -huh. See, the inflection makes the difference. What's your net worth? Well, that's one thing, but what is your net worth? That's another. Well, to fishermen in the day that Jesus walked the earth, they were priceless. Anyone who is making a living fishing, nets are invaluable. They've got to have them. Even in this modern day, if, if a man is a fisherman fishing with a fishing boat um, where they're catching shrimp or, or things of that nature, those, those nets, uh, I'm not talking about deep sea fishing with the rods and reels, but those that uh, fish where they're hauling in uh, multiples and great hordes of fish, they need their nets. It would be bad to get out on the open sea and they say, sling the nets. Oh, we left them back at the dock. Well, you can't catch anything without the nets. We need them. 
in the day that Peter and his brother were fishing, uh, these nets were priceless. They had to have them. It was the tool of the trade. It defined them. Even the scripture lets us know, well, they were casting a net because they were fishers. Again, if you saw someone walking in Galilee with a net over their shoulder, you could just about guarantee what they were doing. It wasn't a dog catcher. That was, they were fishermen. And so uh, people knew what they were, what they did for a living. Uh, these nets uh, were so valuable, and so great care was taken to keep them useful and in good shape. Uh, when the day was done, you would find them. You read it, uh, an account in Luke chapter 5 where it says they were washing their nets afterwards. They would wash the nets to keep them from uh, smelling bad. From all, If they had a bunch of fish in them, they would wash them out so that the nets would not begin to rot. It helped preserve them. The nets were valuable, so they took care of them. They meant something to them. The nets weren't just indispensable. I oh, would just go by Walmart and pick another one up. Uh, that wasn't what they did in that day. They made a living fishing. The nets were part of their trade, like a, uh, wrenches for a mechanic. you got to have your nets if you're going to make any money. If the nets broke, they did not just throw them away and buy a new one. They learned how to mend their nets, repair them, so they could use them over and over because a broken net will not catch fish. Fishing was their life. They didn't want to spend the money they earned having to buy nets or they don't make any money. They need to take great care. So probably I would imagine from a young age, as they begin to work with their father in the family business, they were instructed and learned how to make a net, how to cast a net, how to draw a net, how to wash a net, mend a net. Nets were valuable. They had to have them. They didn't want to lose it, damage it, have to replace it. It's valuable. I mean, we know today even just fishing with a rod and reel, when you sling a $50 lure out there and it hangs up in the bush, you're going to get that lure uh, no matter how snaky it looks because that's a $50 lure. Or if it's hung up, you, you're going to get, I've, I've gotten out of the boat and had friends get out of the boat, go underwater to get that thing off a log because I'm not leaving a $50 lure in the bottom of this lake. It's not going to happen. Now, if it's a plastic worm, it's out of here. I'm gone. I, a, I got a bag full of them but you're not going to get rid of them, them big lures. So it was when the Lord comes and talks to Peter and Andrew, it was, a, it was not just some light thing for them to immediately just leave their nets. The nets not only were valuable for their trade, but it was valuable to them because this was their life. This is how they provided for themselves and for their family. This is how they provided food for a great number of people. Uh, probably in their town uh, there and at the market. It was uh, something that they had to have. These nets had value, but what are they worth really in comparison to the call that Jesus gave them? Now, Jesus never looked at them and said, drop your nets. He said, follow me. But they knew that the nets had no place with where they were going to be going. Listen, the words, follow me and I will make you fishers of men, that was all that mattered to Peter and Andrew. And they knew that there was uh, no business, they had no business dragging nets along with them to follow the Lord. 
Everything that Peter saw from that day forward, everything that him and Andrew experienced after they learned, they learned it after they left their nets. They, they obeyed two small words, follow me. Their nets were valuable, but their nets were not worth losing out on what Jesus wanted to do in their lives. So I'm asking us tonight, what is your net worth? Well, what do you mean, Pastor? I mean, I mean this. What is it that you know you're going to have to let go of, walk away from, so that you can have what Jesus wants you to have? Hello? We, you know, there's some things you know, that we just can't take with us. When he said, take up the cross and follow me, he was telling me right away that you won't be able to go everywhere because the cross don't just fit in everywhere. You can't just uh, hang on to everything. There's some things you got to let go. We started out where Jesus was preaching, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He was telling them right then and there, this kingdom stuff is about turning around turning away, letting go of some things, walking away from some things so that you can see the kingdom of God. There's a lot of people still struggling trying to find out what God really wants them to do, but the reason they're struggling is because they have not yet come to the end of themselves. They are still hanging on to bits and pieces of their old life. They're dragging their net you see, I, I've used this example before. I said, you know, you take a net and just start walking down the road and walking like where they were at things. It's going to get snagged on rocks. It's going to be picking up stuff. It's going to get heavier and, and bothersome and, and be in the way. You, you just don't drag a net around anywhere with you walking around. It, it, it don't work. And you can't follow the Lord like that. Hang on a second, Lord, I'm hung up. Hang on, I'm hung up. Well, if you would have left that net when I said, follow me, we wouldn't be having this problem. There's a lot of times that we're getting hung up and the Lord would like to say, well, you wouldn't be if you'd have left that when I said, follow me. Yes. Yes. I'm going to take that as you're just thinking about what do I need to be let go of? Maybe it's because we think it's in vain. Will it really matter? Or maybe it's a waste if I leave it. Maybe it's a mistake. Well, Jesus don't make mistakes. And he rewards his children and his followers always. We're going to stay in the book of Matthew for a little bit tonight because there's a lot of great teaching on this. In Matthew 19, Jesus has been speaking with uh, the rich young ruler. This was the, the young man who wanted to know, what must I have to, to gain eternal life? The Lord talked to him about the commandments. Well, I know the commandments. I've done all that since my youth. I've got a knowledge of commandments. I've been obedient in those things, but the Lord told him, said, well, there's, uh, in verse 21, Matthew 19, 21, he told the young man, he said, if you will be perfect, that doesn't mean without any flaws. He said, if you're going to be complete in this thing, go and sell what you have and give it to the poor, you'll have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. So basically he said, follow me, 
But before you follow me, go and sell what you got and give it away. Distribute it. Get rid of it. You'll have treasure in heaven because you're not going to be able to follow me holding on to the stuff. Now, there is nothing wrong with making a good living. There's nothing wrong with even being rich unless it gets between you following the Lord. If, if, if your job stops you from following the Lord, you need another job. Hello. If there's things in your life that uh, it seems like it has benefited you, but now it, 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 it stops you from answering the call that you can't go because, and it's a decision. Look, the Lord never said, you know, snatched him, I'm dragging you with me. He said, here's the deal. If you want to be complete, if you want to know, because the guy had just asked him, what do I lack? So he said, if, we, if you want to be perfect, sell what you got. And he wasn't telling him that because having all that money was bad. It was the attachment that he had to it, and it was the hold that it had on him that he knew that you'll never be able to truly follow me because you are so wrapped up in all the stuff that you have. He said, when the young man heard the, this saying, when he heard what Jesus said, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. He wanted eternal life, but he wanted his stuff more. He wanted the kingdom, but he wanted his stuff more. That's why he, oh, I really want eternal life, but I just can't let go of my net. What's your net worth? Is it worth missing out on what God's got for you? Is it really worth not? Just I think again. I'm saying, just think about we all the time. We're like, oh, I bet it was something to walk with Jesus in that day. It's something to walk with Him in this day. And the reason a lot of times we don't see what we say they saw is because we don't do what they did. Well, that's the truth anyway. A lot of reasons that we don't see what they saw is because we will not commit like they commit. Mm. <laughs> I wish Sister Candy then was here so she could pull his coattail. Oh, I'm telling you, listen, what, I, again, this guy, he can keep on with what, he, what he's doing, and the Lord's not rebuking him or anything, but he marvels at this guy because he's like, Jesus says, whew, I say unto you that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. And again, I say unto you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. The disciples hear that. They're exceedingly amazed. Well, who can be saved? Jesus beheld them, said, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. So Peter speaks up and says, Behold, this is the guy that left his net. We have forsaken all. You see, what he, his net was everything. That life, that family, those things that he had there at home, that was everything. And he said, We have left it all and followed you, what shall we have therefore? And Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you that you which have followed me in the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, you also shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel, everyone that has forsaken houses, 
brethren, sisters, father, mother, wife, children, or land for my name's sake shall receive a hundredfold and shall inherit everlasting life. What will we have? What in our possessions is worth missing out on God's will for our life? When we understand that serving God and living for God is not a club, it's not, uh, it's, it, you know, this is not some um, just fellowship of, of people hanging out together. And when we realize that this is kingdom stuff, being part of the kingdom of God, seeing uh, God, you know, when we talk about seeing the kingdom of God, I'm not just talking about when we get to heaven. He was talking about then and there. Seeing the kingdom. Thy will be done thy earth, in earth as it is in heaven. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Let, let's see something now. And again, I will say that the reason uh, we don't see what they saw or even hear what they heard is because we don't do what they did. We, we live in, you know, we don't even realize it, but it's the culture of the life that we live. Stuff, things, it's status, that matters. Got to have this, got to have that, got to have all these things. And, and again, there's nothing wrong with providing and having good things in your life until it begins to get in the way of you and your walk with God. There's nothing wrong. Uh, you know, I, I've told people, I'll say, that, are you against this? Are you against that? I said, if it don't get between you and the Lord and it don't stop you from doing what God called you to do, have at it. But when it starts to get in the way of your prayer time, of your church time, hello. When it gets in, it, when, when you can't uh, hear the 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 voice of the Lord. If it causes you to get sad and turn away from following Him, uh, well, there's something, you know, there's something else going on there that we've got to learn. That uh, if if we have to, we've got to walk away. We've got to let it go. Oh, it could be anything. I'm not going to sit here and, and and read you the riot act and give you a big list of things and say you better stop this and stop that, friend. I, I trust people. You know if it's between you and God. You know if it takes more of your time up than it does with you and God. And if it causes you to behave in a way that's not godly, cut it out. If it causes you to think ungodly, cut it out. If it causes you to miss the house of the Lord, cut it out. What is your net worth? The attachments that we make in this world especially by, or most awfully by our own doing. And for that reason, we set great value in them. But are they worth missing out on what God's got for us? Are they worth missing heaven? Are they worth losing your soul? In Matthew 16, verses 24 through 26, then said Jesus unto his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him Deny himself. We're good at taking care of ourselves. Sometimes we even, you know, it's, we, we justify the things we're doing because I'm doing me. Well, 
doing, doing you sometimes can get you in a lot of trouble. I'm just going to do me. I'm going to be myself. I'm gonna, sometimes the Lord said, but if you're going to follow me, you will deny yourself. But I really, I know you really, but that guy really wanted to keep his stuff. But the Lord said, you'll have to forsake it to follow me. So if you come after him, deny yourself, take up the cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake will find it. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Is there anything worth your soul? Oftentimes we, I don't really think that's, that, 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 that's really a, a heaven or hell thing. And I don't really think that's going to mess with my soul. Until it stops you from following him. There's nothing wrong again with the rich young ruler being rich. Except for the fact that he thought more of his stuff than he did following the Lord. We all got to have money. We all wish we had more of it. But would more money be worth losing out? What if the offer came and said, hey, I'll give you a job sitting at home and I'll pay you $500,000 a year to just sit at home. Oh, I'll take that job. Here's the condition. No more church. You don't read a Bible. You don't pray. Mm -mm. You just live with what you got right now from here on out. No more church. No more church people. No more doing that. This is it. Would you take it? I wouldn't take it. $500,000, that's life-changing money. You know what? $10 is life-changing. If you get a good meal, that's life-changing. You go somewhere, you want to tell you what? I can spend $5 at Del Taco, and that's life-changing. I love Del Taco. So It ain't about the amount. It's about what you're getting out of it. And what I'm telling you is that Friend, I'll live on a tent. I'll live under a tent and I'll eat locust and wild honey like John the Baptist before I would sell my soul. I'm going to follow the Lord. But what me and you have to settle is what is our net worth? Is this net so valuable that I can't lay it down to follow the Lord into the kingdom? Mm -mm. Deny ourselves, deny our ways, our thoughts, our stuff so we can follow him. Fully, fully follow him. Lord, hey, follow me. Well, Lord, let me go bury my dead. Well, let the dead bury the dead. He said, follow me. You know, he, but he didn't, he just told him, I'm just throwing the offer out there. You've got to decide if you're going to leave your stuff or follow me. I'm not going to make you lay it down. I'm not going to take it from you. I'm asking you to make a choice. Just as Joshua told Israel, he said, you'll have to choose today who you're going to serve. You're going to serve the Lord or you're going to serve other things. And, and I, I want to serve the Lord. I want to be able to serve him completely and fully. I don't want to just be a church member. I, I don't just want to be a, a name on a registry. I want to be his 
following him, walking in his ways, hearing his voice, being led by his spirit, seeing the kingdom of God in action on this earth. Because the Lord hadn't changed. And his word hadn't changed. And if his word, if it doesn't change, then it still does what it always did, unless the people that's got it don't know how to use it. Come on, somebody. Ooh, Wednesday nights are tough. That's, you know, there's sometimes that we've got to just come to the understanding and realize that, and I've said this before, but the time of casual Christianity is at an end if we really want to see what God's going to do. If we really, you know, we, we got, we, last month we had all these, these great things. People were baptized, Holy Ghost services on campus, things going on, getting words and prophecies and things like that. And, and, uh, but, but always, you know, was, was that enough to tithe us over? Or we're like, oh, okay, yeah, our barns are full. Let's sit back and be like that man. He said, well, my barns are full. I'm going to sit back and take my ease now. We got full, but now we got complacent. Oh, you know, are we still fasting? Are we still praying? Are we still asking God to speak? In Matthew 13, in verse 44, it says, again, the kingdom of heaven is this kingdom of heaven again. It's like unto treasure that's hid in a field. The which, when a man has found it, he hides it. And for joy thereof, he goes and he sells everything he's got and buys that field. Why? You got rid of everything you own just for this field? Yeah, because there's something in it that's worth more than anything I ever had. There's something in it that's going to take care of me from now on. There's something in it that's going to be a blessing that is greater riches than I could ever imagine. So it was worth me getting rid of everything I've got, scraping it all together and buying this field because there's a treasure here that can't be described. And I'm telling you, there's a treasure in serving God that this world don't know. And when we completely follow him, I'm not talking about everybody, all of us got to sell off everything we've got and become paupers. and uh, That's not what I'm saying because God don't require us to sell off our house and our land and things like that and, and just live out in caves somewhere. But is our heart fully his? Are we truly after him? Do we uh, really get into that first commandment that we love him with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength? Are we following him? So again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant man. He's looking for good pearls. And when he finds one, just one pearl of great price. Now, you know, in the rest of the world, there would be many, many, many great pearls. But he found this one, and it was enough for him to go and sell everything he's got, and he bought it. Because he said, this one pearl is worth everything that I had. Everything. This is all I need. I don't need anything else. So that's the mindset is we're, we're willing to lose it all or sell it all or leave it all. Everything that defined who we were, that occupied us, that held us captive, 
busy with all the care and concern with it just so we can have the kingdom. If that's our mindset. What if God, I'm just, here's just a suppose the Lord came and told you this job you've got is paying the bills, but it's hurting your walk. Would you say, well, Lord, I'm quitting this job? Or would you immediately begin to make a list of why I can't be without this job? Do you, don't you know what he answered Peter? He said, Peter, we left everything. What are we going to have? Do you think God would ever ask you to leave a job so you could be broke and not take care of your family? But do you ever think God would give you a job that would keep you away from his house or away from his work? away from the following him? No, sir. God provides all of our need according to his riches in glory. God's going to take care of his people. God's going to make sure we're okay. That's what God does. Is this all right? <laughs> I'm just asking you, what's your net worth? You know, your net could be, it could represent all kinds of things. It could be a hobby. You know, if, 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 if your hobby keeps you from serving the Lord, you need a new hobby. You know, some, some people get wrapped up in things and it's just unhealthy. It's not, you know, there's, not, there's anything wrong with it until it stops you from hearing what God's trying to say to you. you know, I, I, I've, I've been like that. I've gotten obsessed over things where it was life. I mean, before I got into church, especially, man, Softball was it. I lived, breathed, slept softball. I played everywhere. Played on three traveling teams. Played in the Softball World Series. Traveled. Did that. Played seven days a week. I would be on the ball field somewhere. I told people that were in my life, they would complain about me playing ball. I said, I was playing ball before you got here. I'd be playing when you gone. That's the way I looked at it. I was ugly about it. I was like, I'm, going, I'm playing ball. And then if I wasn't playing, I was just at the field. Why? Because somebody might need an extra player. And I might get to play anyway. I thought that was all there was to it. But it, a lot of bad things came with that. Some of you that play ball, you know how it is out in the parking lot around ball fields. Rough. Ball players are rough. And so my life was rough. But when I come to the Lord, I didn't pick up a softball bat for 10 years. And then actually uh, some guys that played in a church league called me and said, I know you used to play ball. I know you're in church now. Why don't you come play with us? I didn't even have a ball glove anymore. I said, well, I have to borrow somebody's glove and all I got is blue jeans to play in. I ain't got no cleats, no tail. I got rid of everything. Well, that life wasn't, I wasn't about that life anymore. Well, you loved softball. Ain't nothing wrong with softball. No, it's not. Not at all. Unless it grabs you like it grabbed me. It consumed me. And I didn't want to take the chance of getting wrapped back up in that life and getting pulled away from God. And so I left it. Now, some people like, hey, it don't bother me. I ain't missing, you know, they had it in mind. I ain't missing nothing for the Lord, but I wasn't like that. 
I, I, I had to have it as often as I could. So I let it go. I laid it down. I let go of it because I knew I couldn't keep hanging around that environment and stay faithful to God. I knew me. Well, I knew what God had done for me, and I loved it, but I also knew that this old body, this flesh, this carnality that lives inside of me, it ain't going to be around that ball field too much longer time slipping back into them old habits. So I let that net go so I could hear and see and be what God wanted me to be. In Luke chapter 12, verse 32, Jesus said, Fear not, little flock. It's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. You're not following him for nothing. You're not letting go of things for nothing. He said, I'm going to give you, it's my good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So sell that you have. Give alms. Provide yourself bags which wax not old. A treasure in the heavens that fails not where no thief approaches or where a moth cannot corrupt it. And then he says, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. He wants to give us the kingdom, but we'll never fully receive what he has for us as long as we still hold on to our nets. Nets get in the way. Nets get clogged up. Nets are good for fishing. They're not good in your life. You don't need them. You can't receive everything God's got for you hanging on to everything else. Scripture says in Hebrews, lay aside some things. Lay aside weights and sin, things that will knock you off track so you can run this race with patience. You ever seen a guy running track with a net? No. They, they, they want as little as possible. Man, you watch the Olympics today, you just about can't look at them. They just about running naked out there. I mean, they want as little a bit of clothing on Wind resistance. I was like, really? Y'all just making up stuff. <laughs> but, but they want to be as light as they can be and as free as they can be so they can run. I wouldn't doubt if one day just they'll have viewer discretion advised for the Olympics. If you don't want to see naked people running, then don't watch the Olympics. Because it, they just, that's just the way it is. But their reasoning makes sense. You don't see them with a lot of extra stuff on. They don't, they don't put all kind of, oh man, I, I got all this you know, jewelry or something or things. I want, I want to be decked out when I get out there and run. No, they, they, they want everything gone. The lightest, you ever felt them runner shoes? You can't even tell you're holding them. They're so light. And they just, you know, they, they just want to look as little as they can so they can go. Well, the Lord's saying, you know, you run in a race too. So why are you trying to hold on to so much stuff running this race? From the beginning, from the, the example, the, my disciples, I call it the beginning, all I said was follow me. They understood then and there. I'll never be able to let Jesus make me what he wants to make me holding on to who I was. I've got to lay these nets down so he can make me what I need to be. Listen, the word of God's true. He, he promised it. He can't lie. He's not going to lie. 
He wants us to have the kingdom. And the kingdom is more than just Sunday church. I love Sunday church. I love Wednesday church. I love Monday night prayer. I love church any day of the week. I don't care. I love church. But I don't want to just be a church junkie, you know, addicted to services and not even see the real kingdom. Never have that peace in my heart that I'm following him. You know, know one thing about it, I'm sure Peter missed his wife. You know, he, he had a wife and, he, and his family. I'm sure they missed him, but the confidence they had because they knew I'm following him. No matter where he goes, we're going. And that makes it all right. I'm sure there were times where they wondered, you know, that's why Peter would ask, well, what are we going to have? You know, I'm sure they wondered sometimes when they were out in the middle of the wilderness somewhere, what are we doing? Following him? Has he said anything? Nope. Just follow me. You know, I'm sure there's so much more that happened than what we read here. If you think only these red words are the only words Jesus ever said, I mean, you know, they, it's, these, are, these are some four men that wrote their account of what went on during those three and a half years, but you think you could sit down and write down everything you did in the last three and a half years? You can't even remember everything you did in the last three and a half years. I can't. And so, you know, how many times will they have just, where are we even at? And we got to crawl over that mountain? We got to go through that valley? When are we eating? You know, I mean, just, I'm just following him. But I guarantee you, none of them starved. They didn't do without. They didn't lose their life then. They were with him. They, they saw miracle signs, wonders, walked on water, saw the dead raised, demons cast out, multitudes fed, preached the gospel, healed the sick. It, it was a ride for three and a half years. And that ride was because they obeyed two words, follow me. And in doing that, they realized we must leave our nets. We've got to leave them. Nets are good for fishing. Not so good for following people through the wilderness. You got to leave them behind. You know, the thing about it, even a fisherman realizes with nets, they catch stuff they don't want. Snag on things. You ever watched um, people like, I've, I've watched like those dangerous cat shows and some of those things where they're dropping them big nets in and things like that and they pull up. Sometimes they, man, they got boots and tires and toilet seats, all kind of stuff that was on the bottom of the ocean that they picked up. That stuff ain't no good. Nets just pick up stuff. That's why you leave it behind. You leave that stuff behind. So you're not just dredging up junk while you're trying to follow the Lord. I want to be a fisherman, but I want to be a fisherman of men. I love to fish. I'm not good at it. I like it. I can enjoy it. It's, about, it's like me and golf. I'm not good at it. I enjoy it. You know, I'm actually terrible at it, but I still enjoy it. People who play with me don't enjoy it as much because they're like, oh, he's in the woods again. They're waiting on him. 
you know, so, uh, but I enjoy it. But I remember, and it used to be preached a lot more. And we can't say, well, you know, that was, the, that was them old timers, you know, that's the way it was then. Well, it's always, isn't it funny though, it's always those old timers we talk about that saw miracles, signs, and wonders. Because they were willing. You know, I, I remember a time where people left homes that they lived in to move when they felt like the Lord were leading them to a church. They would just pack up and leave and move and go. They didn't just come to visit or if they were living even in the same state and it was in driving distance, they were like, oh, I got to be closer. And I don't want anything to keep me from being in the house of the Lord. And, and that was just the commitment they had. Anyone, if they got asked, hey, anybody want to volunteer for overtime? Not this week. We got revival. I got to get off early if I can. You say, well, you know, and again, I'm just telling you, when you make them sacrifices, the Lord said nobody that has forsaken these things, he gave a list, is going to do without and, and when it becomes your priority to see the kingdom, other things just fade away, lose a grip on you. You just realize it's not that important anymore. You know, I may never swing a ball bat again in my life, but I have plenty of time, I have plenty of memories. I would love to go out there and hit a home run again. But... It ain't no big deal. It ain't like, well, if I don't get to do it, my life's over. I got bigger and better things going on in my life right now, serving the Lord. And so, yeah, I'll cut up with some of these young people and they, if we go to camp, we'll play down there a little bit, goof around, but I'm not, I'm not spending another dollar on softball. You can believe that. It's, it's like everything else. Everything, four or five hundred dollars for a bat now. Man, if I got five hundred dollars, <laughs> I'm buying something besides a ball bat. But there was a time. There was a time I would have robbed a store to get it. Hey, you think I'm kidding? That's the way I was. And so, well, I guess again, just we need to think about this life with God. Oh, it it ain't it ain't a burden to live for the Lord. Ask Peter and John when you get to heaven, was it worth it in three years that you walked with him? Was it worth it leaving them nets? I can guarantee you they'll tell you. You see where I'm standing? <laughs> yeah, it was worth it. It was worth it. Uh, they knew it was worth it. It's worth it. And I think that if these stories, if we can believe that they're more than just stories, but they're examples for living for him. And if we say, well, we're disciples, then we should live like disciples and let anything that would stop us from following him leave it behind. Mm. Oh, man. Oh, pastor. Couldn't you 
We talk about signs and miracles and shouting and jumping in heaven. Well, I've heard it said many times that he won't say well done if we don't do well. And it's hard to do well following him, hanging on to every other thing in this world. So you think about it. Examine, the scripture says, examine yourself. So examine yourself. What is it that's stopping me from really getting what I need from God? From doing all the things I want to do for him? What is it? Is there, and, and hey, you know what? Maybe there's not. Maybe, you, maybe you've already left that stuff behind. That's fine. But the thing about, about those nets is you got to, once you leave them behind, leave them behind. Don't pack them up in a knapsack and, and so I'll just, I'm going to put them in this backpack. It'll be easy to carry and it won't be in my way. Leave it behind. Don't try to repackage them. Don't, don't try to repackage your nets and Take them with you because, oh, I figured out a way I could. No, you, if you were supposed to leave it behind, leave it behind. Right. Don't try to figure out a loophole to take your nets with you. Praise God. I know, I know. Let's, let's stand together.